0: Quick things before we jump into um, the sermon. I know all of you know that we're working on uh, finishing off the parking lot and um, renovating the, the outside of the buildings, like really redesigning the outside of the buildings. But um, we're getting close. We're about $90,000 toward the parking lot. We need about one hundred twenty-five dollars to do everything we've talked about. And I just want to encourage you. Um, I've gone to individual people who I think could help out, and they have helped out. And so we're about uh, if you look at the parking lot, the two hundred fifty dollar spots are the spots we need to fill. And I know it's a sacrifice for a lot of people. But if you could give an extra two hundred fifty dollars in the next month or two, that would be fantastic. That would pretty much do the uh, finish off the project. So I want to encourage you because, you know, it's not really about I mean, we don't have like stained glass windows and we don't have chandeliers hanging from the I'm not against that at all. But that's just not who Grace Chapel is. You know, we we want our buildings and facilities to look really nice. And the reason we want to look nice is because as people go by and they're they're wondering, you know, maybe I should check that church out or what is that all about? We want it to be a place where people can come and feel comfortable and welcome. It'll attract the people within our community. So that's why we want to finish off the parking lot. Um, We want to finish off the facilities so they're more attractive on the outside. We're going to try to landscape the rest of the Grace Impact Center all the way down to the end that it would match the grass that goes into the soccer field. So the whole front will be landscaped. It'll look totally different. And not because, you know, again, we want to do this and that, so we'll look. It's to attract people maybe who don't know Christ. And so they'll come in, they'll feel comfortable and welcome here. So it's a way for us to reach out to our community. We have a lot of ways to reach out to our community. This is just one of the ways. I think we've been really, really, really good, if you will, about how we spend our resources here at Grace Chapel. We focus on what is important, on taking care of the needs of people in our church, taking care of needs of people in our community, and taking care of the needs of people around the world. We give a lot of resources to those things that we could use to make this place look snazzier, but we're not going to. We're going to continue to go at the pace where God has given us the resources. So I just want to encourage you, if you would, to think about the the last, you know, $25,000 or so. Let's nail it down because we're going to do this, but it'd make it a lot easier for us if we could get the resources up front to take care of that. All right. That said, um, we're in this series called great expectations and um, I really want to encourage you. I said this last week to try to make it to every single one of the sermons in this series. It is one of the most practical. I'm a practical person anyway when I preach, but this one really, this one really hits home for everyone. I've been waiting to do this series for a long time. And uh, and I really believe that um, there are people out there in the world that, you know, that if you grab the CD and took it to them and let them listen to this morning's sermon, it could literally change their life. They may say, my gosh, I want to go to church there. I need to hear more of this because it is so biblical and it is so practical. It is also A little, you know, like I say sometimes, tuck your feet underneath your chair because I'm probably going to step on your toes a little bit this morning. But that's okay. um, because as I write these sermons, um, I step on my own toes and God speaks to me before he speaks to you. So I just want to prepare you for this sermon as well. I think it's going to be meaningful. I think it's going to be really practical. I think it could be life changing if we're open to God speaking into our hearts And instead of thinking about the other person, thinking about ourselves and how God can change our lives in order to impact the lives of the people around us. So this morning, I'm going to read from Jonah chapter one, verses one through five. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went on board and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. That doesn't work too well, just so you know. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah, our man Jonah, had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. He is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Not because I, he's a hero of mine, but just, I just love the guy because of how he handles things. This morning in this series, Great Expectations, I want to look at the life of Jonah. I want to look at Jonah. But I want to put Jonah in a work environment, okay? I want to switch it around a little bit and put him in a work environment. He's risen to the position of profit in his company. right? And this, is a, this is a high position. He's risen to the position of profit. So he's got a promotion now. Now in his company, he's got this position. And his boss, God, gives him a new assignment. He wants him to travel to and communicate with the leading competitor of his company. All right. So, so this boss says, God says, boss says to him, all right, Jonah, you've been, you know, you got this new position. It's, t- it's going to take more travel. I want you to travel this Nineveh, Nineveh Inc. And I want you to interact with them. And I want you not only interact with them, but I want you to be the person who talks to them about a partnership with our company. Jonah would rather see his company destroy, annihilate, beat up on, and put out of business Nineveh, Inc. Okay, so God says, go do this. Jonah's like, you've got to be kidding. I can't stand these people. See, I believe Jonah. I really do. The book of Jonah teaches us how, how easily we can lose perspective when, when our expectations are not met. Love it because it teaches us that we can lose perspective in our lives when our expectations are not met for Jonah. These were his enemies and the idea of helping them. It was just overwhelming to him. The thought of him going there, having to travel there and help this group of people. It it just outraged. He was outraged. See, this wasn't business. This was personal. This wasn't about business for Jonah. This was personal. His expectations were that God was going to destroy them, completely annihilate them, And when that didn't happen, when that didn't take place, Jonah's life spiraled out of control. He had expectations of God. He had expectations in his life. This was what was going to happen. And when it didn't happen, when his expectations were not met, his life spiraled out of control. Look at what it says in Jonah chapter four, verses four through six. But the Lord replied, have you any right to be angry? Jonah went out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat in its shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. He waited. He waited. He was hoping that God was going to change his mind. Right? So he's sitting there and he's waiting. He's holding on. God had already made the choice. Life had moved on here and Jonah was holding on to his expectations. He wouldn't let him go he these were his expectations he was holding on to his expectations that person if you think that person's going to change and meet your expectations I don't know what you put in your coffee okay but it ain't gonna, it's not going to happen okay if you think if you think oh if you're waiting around for for that person to change to meet your expectations or that situation to change that would so of meet your expectations. Uh, you're, 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 tell me how that works out for you, okay? Down the road, tell me how that works out for you because it's not going to work out for you. We all know what it's like. We every single person here. This is why these sermons are so important because every single person in this room knows what it is like when things turn out differently than when you expected. We have expectations. And most of the time, our expectations are not met. So we know what it feels like. We become frustrated when we haven't reached a certain point or a certain position in our career. We we had this expectation of where we, we would be at a certain time in our careers. And those expectations were not met. In the movie, The Natural, okay, Roy Hobbs deals with these emotions. I'm going to show you this clip. Just turn it up. Things sure turned out different. Things turned out different. Different. For 16 years, uh, I've lived with the idea that I could be, could have been the best in the game. You're so good now. I could have been better. I could have broke every record in the book. And then... And then. And then when I walked down the street, people would have looked and they would have said, there goes Roy Hobbs, the best there ever was in this game. And I think a lot of us can relate to those emotions. Right. I should have been. I should have been. I could have been here. If I would have just or if, those, if they wouldn't have held me back. And you have these expectations when you're younger, how things are going to work out. And I think we can all relate to those emotions. We feel we feel like God sometimes is ignoring us or I mean, you actually feel this way, like like everybody else. God is working everybody else's life, but he's, he's ignoring you. And, and honestly, sometimes you feel like God doesn't love you as much as he loves other people. I've heard people say this. I know there's a God. I love God. I trust God. I believe in God. I have faith in God. But God does that for other people. He doesn't do that for me. And so we know what it feels like to have these expectations and to feel like maybe God doesn't love me as much as other people because I am not at the place that I thought I would be in my career. I I am not at the place where I thought I would be at this point in my life. And then we also get angry, if I could throw this in, we get angry when people don't meet our expectations, not just when situations or circumstances don't meet our expectations. But when people don't meet our expectations, we force relationships. This happens. I see all the time we force relationships because we thought that we would be on the track to marriage by our junior year. We had it all worked out. I mean, we had this worked out since we were younger. We thought we'd be on track to meet the right person by our junior, maybe senior year of college. And when we graduate, we marry that person. And so we force relationships. Because we're not where we thought we should be at a certain point in our lives, so we 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 we, we, we hold on to. And we try to fulfill the expectation instead of choosing the right person. I mean, we actually do. People do this in their lives and they wonder what happened 10 years later. Why is my relationship not working out? Because they forced the relationship based upon unfulfilled expectations that they had. Here are my expectations. Here is where I should be. So at that point in history, I need to find someone. So they force a relationship instead of finding the right person and waiting on God and waiting on that person. Why? Expectations. This is where I should be at a certain point in my life. And if I am not at that point, something is wrong. See, my point is there are dangers in expectations. There are dangers in expectations. The dangerous thing about ex- expectations is that they almost always set us up for disappointment and stress. I had the privilege I had the absolute privilege of of listening and talking to Gary Smalley this week at the Orphan Summit in Chicago. And this is what he said: stress is unfulfilled expectations. I just, I mean, he said a lot of amazing things, but one of the things that he said that I just grabbed that stress, stress, you know it, you know it's true, is unfulfilled expectations. Last week we talked about Having great expectations for God. We need to have great expectations for God. We need to hold on to those great expectations. We said that faith without expectations is dead. We have to have amazing expectations for what God can do in our lives. Well, this morning I want to address... What I want to address is the dangers associated with expectations. It is amazing. We should have great expectations of God. But what are the dangers associated with expectations? Because here's the reality. Here's the reality that you and I have to deal with. When we, when, when we expect things to go a certain way and they don't, we get overwhelmed and we get frustrated. When they don't go the way we want, we're like Jonah. We are like Jonah. I, I love Jonah. I loved picking on Jonah. I've said this before about the Bible as a whole when I was younger in my faith. Now I kind of look at Jonah and I laugh because I think I see myself a lot in him. And we begin, we begin, we get frustrated when things don't work out the way we thought they should work out. We, we get frustrated. We begin to question ourselves we begin to question ourselves even we, be, we actually begin to question our place in this world do i do i even have a place what is my what is my purpose see left unchecked if we if we leave these things unchecked harmful emotions like anger and bitterness begin to creep into our lives you know exactly what i'm talking about when you have expectations that go unmet we, and we allow that behavior to continue. We have these expectations and we don't, we don't, we don't put aside the expectations and I'll share what, what we should do, but we don't do that. We hold on to them and then anger and bitterness become a root in our lives. Let me, say, let me tell you something else that Gary Smalley said. He said, you can't walk with the Lord when you're angry. You can't truly walk with God in a close, in close step with God when you're angry. I thought about that for a second when he said it, and I thought, wow, he, tr- it's true. It's true. Satan brings that kind of anger into your life and, and separates you from God. You cannot have a close, intimate walk with God when you're angry. And a lot, of, a lot of people in this room are angry. They're angry about the fact that their expectations have not been met. See, over time, our, our expectations can ruin our self-esteem because... I should be here, but I'm not here. And so all of a sudden you start questioning yourself. It ruins our self-esteem, ruins our relationships. You know this is true. Our relationship with other people and also can ruin our relationship with God. And if we're not careful, those same expectations... Can crush our desire to discover our purpose. I don't even have, what, 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 who cares? I'm um, not where I should be. My expectations are not being met. You know, God is letting me down. People are letting me down. Circumstances are letting me down. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't even care about my purpose. And you start going into this, this realm of just existing and not really living, not searching out your purpose anymore because you're never going to find it because everything you ever hoped for it never turns out the way you want it to. And Satan goes, checkmate. You just live, you just exist, don't live. Just exist. Not going to work out for you. Keep those high expectations. You keep them right where they are. I'll make sure you don't meet those expectations. And then you just kind of exist and don't really live. Let me me take a few minutes and share with you some, some, some of the problems with most expectations. Here are some of the problems with most of our expectations. The reason expectations often leave us frustrated and disappointed is because they're unrealistic and unjustified. That's the reason. The reason that our expectations, most expectations, leave us feeling frustrated and and disappointed and, and angry and bitter is because they're unjustified. They're we, We have unrealistic expectations, not based upon what God would want from our lives, but based upon what we want for our lives that are basically unrealistic and unjustified. Let me give you an example. We hear the story of a guy who's 21 years old and man, he made his first millions when he by the time he was 21 years old. And you, you know, you think to yourself and you hear about another guy, you get it, you get Entrepreneur Magazine and some guy made a built a two billion dollar company by the time he was 30. And so you have these expectations that you are going to make your first million by 18 or 21 or whatever age you choose. But then the question is, honestly, are those real realistic expectations? And when you don't meet them, because they're your expectations, and when you don't meet them, what happens to your life? Do you go into depression? Do you get overwhelmed? We have unrealistic expectations. We get frustrated with our coworkers or our spouse because they won't do what we want them to do or think they should do. This is what you should do. Here's what I want you to do. You don't do those things and you're not meeting my expectations. And we wonder why these people you ever wonder why I just look around. I'm, why are you people so difficult to deal with? Right. You, you, say, why, are they, why are you not meeting my needs? I have needs, people. I have needs. And why are you not meeting my needs? Why are you so difficult to deal with, number one, and then why are you not meeting my needs? Because, come on, it always worked out really well in the movie, right? Right at the end, they're sitting on top of that big thing with the swans out behind them making a little love circle and they're kissing, smooching, you know what I mean? What do I call you, my dearest or whatever it is, whatever? Mrs. Darcy. Mrs. Darcy, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's the way it should work out. It always works that way. Every time at the end, it's like you get what you want and everything else. I don't get why you people won't meet my needs or live up to my expectations. Just really disappointing. (laughs) If we thought we stopped to think about it, we honestly right now we'd say that is completely unjustified. I mean, that's unjustified. Jonah expected God to destroy his enemies, the enemies of Israel. And when God didn't do what Jonah expected him to do, Jonah's right life became unraveled. He became unglued. He left the reservation. God told him, go and preach to Nineveh. He didn't want to do it. He got on the ship, the storm, throw him overboard, big fish, grabs him, eats him up, spits him on shore because he's like, oh, I'm really sorry. I figured it all out in chapter 2. And he gets vomited up on shore, right? He's vomited up on shore. He goes, he preaches, he preaches to them and love his preaching, you know, repent. And he kind of leaves. That was what he said. And so, So then then things don't work out because what happened was they repented. They repented and then God does what God does, which is forgive them. Jonah chapter four, verses one through three. But to Jonah, listen, this seemed very wrong. I love that. I love that way to put that. So, Jonah, this seemed very wrong. and He became angry. I have expectations and they are not met. And now I'm angry and I'm bitter and I'm frustrated. And he prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. A God who relents from sending calamity. Now, I, you know, I didn't, maybe I knew that you were gracious and loving God. I wasn't sure about the whole repenting part. That usually doesn't happen. So, but they did and you did that. And now, and now, now, Lord, take away my life for it's better for me to die than to live. You think, what a baby. But how many of us had the same response? Honestly, I mean, I had to look into my own heart. Come on, we say, "Look now, Lord, take away my life, for it's better me to die than to live." You didn't meet my expectations. Now I'm so ticked. How many of us wanted to die? Have wanted to die because that plan of yours has not gone. The idea, what you laid out, has not gone according to plan. Or your uh, your expectations have been unmet. How many times have you said in your mind, I wish Jesus would just come back right now. I wish I could. I wish God would take me right now. Lord, you said it to him. Just take my life right now. I'm ticked off. This person is ticking me off. They don't live up to my expectations. I had all these dreams. I had all these aspirations and they're holding me back and blah, blah, blah. This that, and the other thing. And Lord, take my life now, Lord, take away my life or it's better for me to die than to live. I'm not going to show, I don't, no show of hands, but in your own heart, how many times, have you, how many times, not if you said it once, how many times have you said that in your heart when you go through things? See, we're more like Jonah than, uh, we're more like Jonah than we think. So how do we avoid the dangers of expectations? Well, the, the best, listen to this, write this down if you have to, write this down. The best way to avoid them is to turn our expectations into possibilities. Think about that. Don't let it just go in one area after the other. to turn your expectations into possibilities. Listen, I get up here and I'm, I'm like part of the problem. OK, I, I, I want you to, to dream big dreams. I want you to have grand, audacious, crazy goals and all these amazing things. I want you to do that. But don't let the possibilities that excite you turn into unrealistic expectations. Does that make sense? Don't let the possibilities of, oh, that would be so great if I could get that job. That would be so great if I could get this thing. That would be so great. Don't let these, the possibilities, the excitement of these possibilities, which are good, you know, set those goals, have those dreams. There are possibilities that that could happen in your life. But don't let the possibilities that excite you turn into unrealistic expectations. I was sitting there even this morning reading that and I said, oh, oh my goodness, I do that. I do that. Something, something cool happens and, and instead of just being thankful and, and having a, the, the possibility of what could become of that and the, the positive excitement of the, the possibility, I raise the expectations to an unrealistic level and then I'm upset that my expectations aren't met. I, God said, that's, you're the man. I said, what you, I'm not the man. That's not me. He said, you're the man. So we had an argument. I said, that's not me. I'm going to tell you something. I argue with God all the time. I always lose. Okay? So when you argue with God, just understand you're going to lose. Good to have the argument because God said to me this morning, that's you. I said, not me. He said, no, that's you. Let me tell you something. That guy, that job, that idea can't live up to your expectations. That idea that you have, that guy that you're a girl, that job that you're maybe about to take, for the most part, unless you, unless you seek the Lord, will not live up to your expectations. And I'm saying, make it, ex- make it an exciting possibility, but don't raise it to the level of unrealistic expectation. All that does is put added weight on your shoulders, which is called stress. We're stressed out because we have unfulfilled expectations, not to mention the, the stress and expectations we're putting on other people. We, we basically stress each other out with unrealistic expectations. When it comes to avoiding the expectations that we have of other people and avoiding the, the trouble that comes with it, I love this quote from Don Miller. He says, when you stop expecting people to be perfect, you can like them for who they are. Why do you expect people to be perfect? Why do you expect people to live up to standards that you yourself don't live up to? You ever, want, you ever ask yourself that? Why do you expect other people to live up to standards that you yourself don't live up to? I love this. I love it. what it says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 4 and 5. It says, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time you have a plank in your own eye, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will, be, you will be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. We all need, every single person here, raise your hand, raise your hand, just make sure you're awake, raise your hand, okay, you're awake. Every single person here needs to ask God for the gift of self-evaluation, self-reflection. Say right now with me, God, give me the gift of self-reflection. Some of you like (laughs) Give me, say it again. Give me the gift of self reflection. Somebody say Amen. There we go. Now we're talking. Give me the gift of self reflection because oh my goodness gracious, we I I I I can see perfectly the flaws of other people, but I'm blind many times to my own. How about you? It is so, easy, man, I can point, I can, I can go around the room, people I've known more than six months, point out all your idiosyncrasies, the problems in your life and everything. It is so, I have vision. Oh, I have a vision of what Jess's problem is. But I have a very difficult time. I'm blind, if you will, to my own. And see, open, open, open communication Open communication is the best way if we want to if we want to do this right and we we look into our own lives and reflect upon ourselves and, you know, get the scales off our eyes and look into the mirror reflecting, okay the reality of what is and the best way open communication is the best way to navigate the minefield, if you will, of expectations. The problem is we, 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 we usually pr- project, right? Think about this. We usually project and we assume rather than communicate, correct? When you're, when you're dealing with your husband or your wife, you usually project and assume rather than really communicate. Amen. That's right. Say it again. Amen. That's what we do. That's what we do. Point the finger see their flaws, project and assume rather than communicate. When we stop expecting perfection and we clearly define our expectations, we can avoid the dangers of unrealistic expectations and how those unrealistic expectations destroy our lives. Clearly communicate, clearly define expectations, and stop expecting perfection. So many of you have developed unrealistic expectations at work, too. You expected to be a certain at a certain point in your life at work and you're not there. And so those expectations for your career are not panning out the way you thought. But let me ask you a question. Are they realistic? Were they realistic when you laid them out? Did you seek God when you were laying out those expectations? Did you did you did you plan? It was it God's plan or was it your plan? And when you're laying out your, your goals and your dreams for your life, ask yourself this question. Who are you trying to glorify? Who, who are you trying to glorify with all those dreams and expectations that you have? I love this verse for, for all you guys in business, for all you women in business. OK, it's what it says in, in, uh, in James chapter four and verse 13. It says, now, listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we'll go to this city or that. Spend a year or th- here or there, carry on business and make money. Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What, what is your life? You're a mist." That appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. How many of us just do this or that and then say, God, I want your stamp of approval. And if you don't give me your stamp of approval, if you don't meet my expectations, I'm not only going to be mad at everybody else around me, I'm going to be mad at you as well. And God says, why are you making plans to make money here and there and do this and that in your business and everything? When you haven't consulted me, shouldn't you be asking me first before you plan these things out? So my question is, are you being realistic? Were they unrealistic in the first place? And did they were they in in alignment with God's will and purpose for your life? See, God doesn't always send you in the direction that you want to go. This is just put your feet under your chair. Okay, keep it there. Um, God doesn't always send you in the direction that you want to go. He doesn't do that. Ask Jonah. I want to go here. I want to be here. I want to do that. God doesn't always send you in the direction that you want to go. How often has God tried to steer you in a new direction, but you just kept on, you know, sailing to Tarshish. You know what I mean? Sounds better to you. I don't want to go that direction, God. It's not, I don't like that direction. I don't like that direction. I don't really want to be of those people. I always tell you, don't ever say I'd never be a missionary in this country because five years from now, you'll be there. Digging some hole going, it's <laughs> like, get here. God doesn't always send you the direction that you want to go. And when He tells, tries to change your course, you say, forget this. You put your feet in concrete. I put my feet in concrete. And I say, I'm going to continue to sail to Tarsus. And He sends winds and He sends storms. And we cry and moan about it. How am I going through this? Why am I experiencing this difficulty in my life? He sends all these storms. And what know what we do? We go below low deck and we fall into a deep sleep. And we ignore the signs. We're like this, la la la, I can't hear you, God, la 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 la, I can't hear you. That's exactly what we do. We're like little children sometimes. I don't want to hear you, so I don't hear you. And He's saying, listen to me, listen to me. Oh no, I can't hear you. We ignore His signs. Listen. If if we want to become the men and women that God has created us to be, then we need to take ownership. I need to take ownership of my choices. I, you, we need to take ownership of our choices and our unrealistic or unsanctioned expectations. We need to take ownership of those things or we're going to end up like our man Jonah. Every single one of us is going to end up like our man Jonah. Let me tell you something. Jonah's story doesn't end well. And people love to tell the story of Jonah. Have you ever read the whole thing through? It, it doesn't really end well. His he, in his anger and bitterness, in his anger and bitterness, he holds on to his expectations to the very end. And to avoid this fate, my friends, we need to rethink our direction. We need to rethink and we need to readjust our our thought process. We our thinking is we have stinking thinking right now. Right? A lot of us, we have stinking thinking. It's not the person next to you. It's not God. It's us. We have stinking thinking and we need to readjust our thought process and we need to refocus our lives on taking the good path, taking the ancient path. Remember our series, Great to Good? Remember our series, Great to Good? Love that series. In in Jeremiah chapter six and verse 16, it says this. This is this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient past. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. You'll get rid of all the stress. You get rid of all this overwhelming stuff that we put in our lives. But this is what happens. But he says, but you say we will not walk in it. I will not go to Nineveh. I will not. I'm going to Tarshish. You will not walk in it. And if you do that, you'll end up like our man, Jonah. That series called us, okay, it called us to put things in perspective. That's what that series was about. I need to put things in perspective. We need to keep our mind on this. We need to, to keep this in mind. Our goals for our lives and God's goals for our lives are often two different things. In Isaiah... Chapter 8, chapter 55, verse 8, it says this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declare the Lord. My ideas from my life and God's ideas from my life are not always the same thing. They're not always the same thing. That's hard for us to grasp or, or take hold of. See, we all we are all going to be a part of God's epic story. We can all be a part of this of this amazing epic story that God is putting together from the beginning of time. We can be a part of it. We need to realize, though, it is not my story. It is his story. This isn't my story. I'm a part of God's story unmet and unrealistic expectations can ruin our lives and keep us from enjoying the journey that God has planned for us. God has a a purpose for my life. He has a will for my life. He has a plan for my life. He has meaning for my life. And my unrealistic expectations are going to ruin my opportunity and rob me of the joy and the peace and contentment of the journey that he has planned out for me. It'll ruin all of our journeys. See, It's not about... Let me share something that God taught me a long time ago. And it was profound to me. Very profound to me. Life is not about the end result. It's not about fulfilling your ultimate goal. To God, for God, the ultimate goal is the journey. You think, I need to be here at 35. I need to be here at 55. I need to be here. God is saying, that's... It is not about fulfilling the ultimate goal your ultimate goal for God the ultimate goal is the journey it's, it, it's 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 opposite of what we think it is the journey it's not it's it's not about what I do or what I achieve it's about who I am who Jeff Greer is inside Whos I, who, whom I belong to. I belong to God. So it's, it's, it's about who I am, whose I am, and what I will become as a person. Not what I will achieve, but who I will become. That person who, who God has created me to be. Listen, life is, life is about the journey. Life is about the journey. It's not about the destination. And that's where we get lost. That's where expectations come in. That's what ruins so much of our lives. We need to understand God's perspective. We need to see it from God's point of view. Life is about the journey. It's journeying through life with that person who drives you a little bit crazy and learning how to communicate. Learning to, to, to not put a person and have such high expectations of a person they can't possibly meet those expectations. It's about putting our highest expectations on God to meet all of our needs and then looking around at other people and saying, I love you for who God has created you to be. When you frustrate me, let me communicate with you. Let me share with you my heart and why it's important. That's the way we interact with each other. And as we go through this life and we end up fulfilling our purpose through the journey, God will be pleased with us. We will be pleased with ourselves, and we will truly find peace, joy, and contentment in our lives. I want you to bow your heads with me. Some of you, all of you, I should say, all of you need to readjust the thinking that is keeping you from living the life that God has created you to live. You need to change your way of thinking because it's, because it's destroying your life and it's destroying the lives of those around you. And as we take communion, I want to give you a chance to do just that. I want you to reflect on what you've learned today. I want you to go take that CD, buy that CD, take it home, and listen to it over and over and over again, give it to some other people. But I want you to reflect on what you've learned today. And as you remember what Jesus Christ did for you as we take communion, surrender your expectations to him. And allow him to readjust your path. Avoid the whole fish swallowing you and bombing you up on shore thing. Avoid all that. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And when I'm finished, I'm going to pray for the bread and for the cup. And when I finish praying for the bread and the cup, I'd like you to get up and go in back and take the bread and take the cup You don't have to wait for anybody else. You do it as the Spirit leads you. And then you can come back down. You can sit in your chair. You can come up front and pray. Kneel at the the altar here and just pray whatever the Lord leads you to do. In 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, verse 23, it says, For what I received from the Lord, I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread... And when he had given thanks, he broke and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father God, we thank you for Jesus Christ, because it's only through Jesus Christ that we can achieve what we talked about this morning. It's only through a relationship, a close, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ that we can accomplish even a portion of what we discussed this morning. So we remember, Lord, your sacrifice that gives us the power to achieve it. Remember your shed blood on the cross that covers us from our sin. We remember your body, which was broken for us. That allowed us to enter into the Holy of Holies and come into your presence and actually ask you to heal our marriage. To readjust our thinking when it comes to our work lives. To turn our ideas into possibilities instead of expectations that ruin our lives. That we can be excited about the possibilities and not destroyed by the unrealistic expectations. God, we thank you that through your Son, Jesus Christ, and through entering into your presence and asking you for these things, that we can have them. So we praise you for the blood. We praise you for the body. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen.